this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean, and I I just noticed this for the first time. We've been doing this show for, what, six years now, Chris? Yeah, uh, thereabouts. All you have to say at the beginning is, welcome to Watching the Throne, which isn't six syllables. And then I got to say, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. There's a bunch of S's in there. I have a lisp. That's really (laughs) not fair. (laughs) <laughs> uh jeez travis i uh i didn't know this was swap? something you were wondering about <laughs> yeah we can swap uh no i i feel like that would put a curse in this show <laughs> yeah why are you why are you breaking the formula man i don't know i just want everyone to be aware that i do a lot more work right at the top of the show <laughs> and afterwards too <laughs> yeah but during the show you you more than make up for it <laughs> I just like to talk, you know. <laughs> exactly. We're like, I don't know if you love editing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't mind it. Well, good. Good. I was wondering about that. Nah. <laughs> uh, you said something about wondering or I wonder or what was it? I, you know, just wonder is a is a great word. You wonder, I wonder. Everyone wonders. Wonderment. Wonder wonderment and enjoyment. <laughs> yeah we're talking about i wonder which is uh i mean at least according to the best Kanye west song tournament death magic stream whatever thousand whatever year we're on uh this is a song that Kanye fans love a lot more than i would say god it might be people's favorite song on graduation would you say yeah this and in terms of graduation songs this and flashing lights tend to be the two that get mm. the the most respect though can't tell me nothing went pretty far into the tournament oh that's it. right it made it, the, it made it to the final four it went further than any of the other ones yeah which could have just been matchups you know yeah. like i wonder going up against uh what was it saint pablo mm. could have that's had to do with it because like i wonder is such an atypical kanye track i mean like a lot of the songs on graduation are already atypical because they have that big stadium electronic sound but I wonder, I mean, like the first 35 seconds are just a sample and piano. Like it's such a, it's such a strangely structured song. Yeah. But I think that's where like a lot of the, the wonderment, which is a word that's been uh, used too many times already I in like the podcast it. comes from is just the fact that this song does have, I think a similar quality to streetlights in terms of feeling a little more like darkly romantic 
Sure. And there's something compelling in the soundscape of making you tap into an emotional place that is different than the rest of the album. There's almost like a sense of nostalgia to it, but also like hope, but some pain. I don't know. There's just something that's different than just like a purely sad song, much in the way that I get from Streetlights compared to the rest of 808s and Heartbreak, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's definitely a, a bittersweet song because it's both a, a song where you can feel Kanye's connection to this woman, like whoever he is talking to, and he also feels this burning need to move on uh, to represent Chicago. Like th- there's so much mixed up all at once that I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, and when you think about this song in terms of the idea of graduation, right, graduation always implies a leaving behind it's a culmination of an experience so you graduate from high school and you're no longer part of the high school you were part of it for years and years right and it made up a core of who you were your day-to-day life but once you graduate you move on to something else and you're always going to have like friendships and relationships and memories from that time but you can't go back to high school I mean, you could try, but people think you're really weird. (laughs) I mean, you could walk right back in, but yeah, you might get some looks. (laughs) And same thing with college, right? For the most part, like once you graduate, you can spend the money to go to college again, but that's eh. silly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us can think of maybe other situations like you go back to a place that you used to work at and maybe some of the people are the same, maybe not. And you try to like go back in but you can't like i worked at subway i couldn't return after i after i graduated from subway (laughs) and try to make a sandwich again right they'd be like nah you don't work here man like we appreciate seeing you but you don't work here like go so i think there's something of that energy that this song captures in the initial arc of graduation right where you have good morning where he's kind of going through the I am graduated now, I'm going out into the world, champion, which is kind of filling up with that spirit and energy of like, I can I can do things, I can make changes. And then stronger is really seeing what this life can hold, like the highlights of it and that pressure to go and work more, do more. And I wonder then is, okay, like this is the yeah. path that I'm gonna go down and I'm finally leaving behind all the things that I had known and going to go out and pursue my dreams. Mm. And uh, you get that mix of excitement and divide, separation, moving on. Yeah, that's really interesting because as you're describing all that, I don't know if we talked about it on the last episode, but uh, these first four songs really remind me a lot of Jesus. It, which is an album filled with ego. Uh, you know, the the album starts with him and on site, like walking to the club, like very much like a ruler of his community, which is similar to Good Morning. And then Champion, like um, it's him thinking about how he's going to fight for the city and like the issues he, he cares about, which is similar to Black Skinhead. And then, of course, I am a god. <laughs> the ego's through the roof. I, I guess that's what I, I'm noticing here is while you just can feel like pure ego, um, there's more of like uh, the ego on at the beginning of graduation is really mixed with how much emotion is tied into the situation, how 
uh, conflicted Kanye is about leaving Chicago because he's so connected to it and so connected to people of the city and the kids he wants to empower. Like all of that is mixed within and that leads to I Wonder, which is a very different song than New Slaves. New Slaves, Kanye is like attacking everybody and like is cannot, will not back down. But on I Wonder, it's a song about him essentially breaking up with the woman, which you can read as a metaphor for kind of breaking up Chicago. And it's something he feels he like needs to do as opposed to like something he has to do like he does in New Slaves. I wonder he almost feels obligated to like, I, I need to break up with you so I can go out to the world and represent you. Yeah, like that's, there's no way around it, right? Who gets big in Chicago? And you think back to, or you think ahead to homecoming and just the lines like how the city doesn't mess with entertainers because they always leave. Yeah. Like when you know that that's a line at the end of the album, it's calling back to the fact that Kanye was just like everybody else. He loves Chicago, grows up in Chicago, is nurtured by Chicago. When push comes to shove, it leaves. Even somebody that was as favored and had this relationship with the city as Kanye did. And you leave because you're pursuing your dreams and you think you're going to, like, it's going to help Chicago, that you're doing something positive for the city. And in some way that you are, but also the distance matters and the time away matters. And there is something that's lost, even if you are in some way giving back. It would just be like if you traveled for work all the time and left Mm -hmm. your family and you're like, well, I'm like bringing in the money from your family. And (laughs) you know, why are you complaining that I'm not around? Like, well, you haven't been home in eight months. Like how we need more than just the money that you're bringing in. We need more than just the renown that you're bringing in. We need you. And that's kind of the, the thing that Kanye misses on this album. Yeah. It's how Ireland feels about Bono. (laughs) bringing it full circle (laughs) and that's one of the the cool things about the backstory of i wonder is that we talked about this a few times kanye going on tour with you too and he did so in december of 2005 and then again in november of 2006 and november of 2006 was in australia which is kind of cool because that's where he met connie mitchell and got her Mm. to do Uh, the vocals for Can't Tell Me Nothing and Flashing Lights. Oh, wow. But Kanye, during that tour with U2, they would open every show with City of Blinding Lights. Kanye would stand there watching and see how the crowd would respond to that song. And as the story goes, or the reports go, that Kanye crafted I Wonder as kind of an extension of that or his version of that, a hip hop version of City of Blinding Lights, trying to capture that stadium sound, that emotion, that opening appeal. And it was initially the opening track of Graduation. Uh, for a period of time before he moved it back to kind of end the first act. So U2 had a big impact on not only this album, but specifically this song. Yeah, and and really just like what Kanye was ultimately going for with 
the album because U2 notably puts on these like incredible shows. Like they, they are people who fill up entire stadiums and like have these giant screens and all of the theatrics. It's like going to see a, a Broadway show. Like when you go to, you pay for a ticket for U2, like you're paying to see a spectacle. And Kanye had had a conversation with Bono and he said, um, and, and Bono said to him at one point, no one from your community has ever figured this out. And I assume when he says that, he means just like the hip hop community or like maybe the black community. And Kanye kind of took that as like, it seems like he took that as a challenge. He's like, I'm going to go make a stadium album. I'm going to make a bunch of songs that speak to a crowd like U2 does. And I mean, inherently that is imbued with like Kanye connecting with more than Chicago, like connecting with like the world, making these songs that are universal and and all, talking about all these things that people can relate to and it, or or at least creating a sound that people can get amped up for at a big show like that and i just think that's interesting that inherently that doesn't necessarily mean chicago or a specific community like kanye was ready to speak to the world and he talks about changing his lyrical approach as well based on what he saw with U2 and the fact that in the first two albums, he was constantly trying to prove himself as a rapper. And then when he was opening for U2, he's playing Diamonds from Sierra Leone and rapping these like rapper bars, but looking at this 50-year-old woman, like British woman, <laughs> who's mm. like listening to him and just doesn't care. Yeah. like waiting for you two to come on. So he's like, all right, so I can go into my rapper bag and do that, or I can craft lyrics that are broader in their appeal. It might be a little more simple, but they also could be more popular and convey the emotion stronger. So it seems like something he was looking to do production-wise, as you said, but also lyrically trying to strip things down and make it more universal in approach. So... <laughs> You can see that, and people often point out to like, what happened to Kanye's rapping yeah. on <laughs> like college dropout and late registration? It's like, well, Bono. <laughs> like, Bono did it. Blame it on yeah. Bono. Blame Bono. Start the Blame hashtag Bono. right now. <laughs> Bono, though Kanye's uh, arguably lyrics just got deeper from our perspective moving forward. May yeah. not be as like rapperly but that's yeah. okay i want kanye to grow in the way he wants to I, i'm open to it <laughs> you know we just support you kanye absolutely come on the show everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 
so we do have, should we get into the samples? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we have two samples and then of course the inspirational song, City of Blinding Lights. Uh, the main one or primary one that you can hear is Labby Sifri's My Song from 1972. This is my song And no one Can take it away It's been so long But now you're here Here to stay And I wonder If you know What it means To find your dreams come true And what's curious about this, and I wonder, we had noted the differences between uh, the songs Kanye was sampling on the first three tracks, which Good Morning being Elton John, uh, Champion being Steely Dan, Stronger being Daft Punk, these are not the typical sources of sample that you would expect from Kanye following college dropout and late registration. They were a little bit more pop, a little bit larger and more well-known rather than being like the obscure sample drawn out of a, a mm-hmm. soul group from the 60s or something like that or like an early like hip-hop bar song that really captured that like soul music chipmunk sound that Kanye was known for. But this Labby Sifri song is kind of the first one that harkens back to that Chicago in quotes Kanye sound Mm. um, that is the soul music sound. So song from 1972 that's called my song and he goes, this is my song and no one can take it away, which already feels very Kanye, right? (laughs) Like, I'm going to do what I do, and no one can, like, take it away. No one can stop me. Can't tell me nothing. Yeah, it's been so long, but now you're here, here to stay. And I wonder if you know what it means to find your dreams come true. And, Travis, you had noted to me before the show that uh, Levy had been in a long-term relationship, and this feels very much like an acknowledgement of that relationship. Like, you're my dream come true, and you're here to stay, and this is my song that is created by you created for you and i'm singing it. maybe not always in tune as he says and sometimes you don't hear me but you don't have to be near me to know that i'm singing uh this is my song and nothing can make it die it's been so long and it's stronger and i know why and i wonder if you really really know that as long as i live i will sing my song for you and uh that feels very empowering to Kanye in terms of just like pursuit of his music, pursuit of his dreams, but also relevant to what we talked about in terms of Chicago and how the song uh, really sets up the dynamic that we'll see over the rest of the album in terms of Kanye's relationship with Chicago and maybe him twisting it a little bit where Labby is saying, you know, we're with each other and maybe on the, like the day to day, you don't always hear me. And, you know, we may be across the room or at work or something. So you're not always near me, but you know, I love you. But Kanye's escalating that to like, 
you don't hear me because I'm like touring the world (laughs) and you're not near me because I'm touring the world, but I'm singing my song for you. There's maybe a little bit more of taking advantage that Kanye brings into it, even though I think he means the reference earnestly. It's just, we see that the behavior becomes selfish. Sure. Um, But for Labby, it was just very sweet. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the most interesting part of it is oftentimes we know either Kanye uses a sample like kind of obviously like the song clearly serves as a metaphor for something Kanye's going through or the song he's sampling like directly juxtaposes what Kanye's going through like it contradicts what Kanye's going through because to me the Labby Sifri song is is such an endearing in the moment love song to this guy, uh, Peter John Carver Lloyd, who he he dated his whole life. I don't know if Labby was in the closet or anything, but in the song, like you can kind of sense that like he's ready to embrace that love, and this song is for that person. And no matter what anyone ever says, like that love always exists within this song, and that's why it's called my song. Like you can't take that away from me. That is. I guess you could say it's a little bit contradicted by I Wonder, which is essentially a breakup song. Um, And you kind of wonder where that comes. I mean, it'll come to light more as we read through the lyrics. But I think the the most telling part of Kanye acknowledging that, like, what he's singing about uh, contradicts the energy of my song is the other sample he uses from Tupac. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I do want to know... Uh, you having the Peter John Carver Lloyd info made me curious. They met in 1964 and they remained partners ever since then, uh, which was cool. They were able to get married in the UK in 2005 and then Lloyd passed away in 2013. Uh, but Labby's still alive, still reading poetry, still giving lessons and TED Talks. So. Yeah, TED Talks. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a beautiful relationship that awesome. they had. Um, but yeah, Tupac. So many battlefield scars while driven in plus cars. It's like a rap star. It's nothing without God. Was born rough and rugged. I'm dressing the man public. My attitude was fucking. This motherfucker's loving to be a soldier. Must make take composure at ease. Don't like this complicated. So you have Tupac coming in, which like. This is the the dichotomy, right? Like, this is what Kanye does with samples that adds those layers. And the fact that you have this 1972, like, singer-songwriter soul song by Labby that's so beautiful compared to, like, the modernness of Tupac's ambitions as a writer, which at the time was 10 years old, 11 years old, but it's still compared to (laughs) my song Mm -hmm. is very modern in its sensibilities and just the aggression, the attitude and the ego that Tupac brings into it. But you still have the, the hope, right? It's ambitions as a writer. Mm. It's the goals that he has in like being a writer, like this person that is living the, the street life being a, a leader for others and uh, staying true to the spirit that he believes in. And you have that intro, I won't deny it, I'm a straight writer. You don't want to fuck with me. 
got the police busting at me, but they can't do nothing to a G. Let's get ready to rumble. Now you know how we do it, like a G, what really go on in the mind of a guy, they get down for theirs. Constantly, money over bitches, not bitches over money, stay on your grind, my ambitions as a writer. Which feels very pointed when <laughs> the yeah. start of the third verse is Kanye going, and I'm back on my grind. <laughs> and Looking for all the single ladies in the crowd. Yeah, like, and it's money over bitches, right? Mm -hmm. And... Oh, while that's harshly put by Tupac, it's the idea of career over love, like the long-term goals over short-term yeah. like flings or attachments. And what we see with Kanye in this song is him choosing not the relationship that he has with Chicago and staying in that relationship, but his career and justifying it with, well, when I pursue my goals, that's good for Chicago too, right? and getting on his grind to go that way so it's like he takes the wrong lessons from my song yeah and just goes full tupac <laughs> i mean it's just such a because as we noted on the first two songs of the album or the first three songs kanye's really just using one sample and that's not always very typical for him like a lot of the times he will pick a couple samples and like have them play off each other this is such a classic moment where those songs energies like directly play against each other and create this new energy um so with the tupac song juxtaposed with the levy sifri song we could see i think we could see pretty much connie's central struggle for the rest of the album because this is a transition song where connie's ready to move away from chicago like he both wants to be, remain committed to his hometown but he also feels this pressure to exhibit this harder persona this he he feels this need to kind of transition into celebrity life and become someone different something somebody different than he was like raised to be or or the kind of person you would be just if you stayed in your hometown and like we're just part of the community it's uh i mean over the course of the album it will see him grapple with that i think that creates the tension of the album and then by the end we we see that living that life comes at a cost and when you think about like what he lost to become that worldwide celebrity like all you could do is think back to library sifri song and think like you know the emotion being conveyed in that and how kind of he, he lost that yeah and the other thing that jumps out to me very much is the fact that we've gotten away from it the last couple episodes because it's just something more that you build to but kanye basing the album structure around common song i used to love her and that being the metaphor of common looking at the the growth of hip-hop in the mainstream and the commercialization of it and in some ways the bastardization of it and him thinking that it's no longer the beautiful thing that it was that it's been compromised even though he still loves it it's it's not the same mm. and kanye using that metaphor for himself in chicago where Kanye's hip hop and Chicago's common and Kanye's the one that's becoming more mainstream, more commercial and losing who he was. And Chicago's just sitting there going like, oh, what a shame. But in the common song, he notes specifically uh, the girl, this is a metaphor for hip hop, going out to the West Coast and being commercialized in Hollywood and Los Angeles. And mm. that's where the change really occurs. 
when Kanye's referenced Tupac before he's referenced Biggie, like they're legends to him and to many people. So it might be a stretch or a reach to think that he's doing something more than just referencing a Tupac song that's very fitting for this song. But it also feels fitting in the fact that it's a West Coast Los Angeles right. song. And that that was something that Common connected specifically to like the commercialization of hip hop. I don't think Common had anything against Tupac, right? right? And saying like, oh, Tupac's music's not real hip, like not at all. But it's just recalling in some aspects like the West Coast life that would lead to the downfall as Common saw it of hip hop. Which is interesting because like that's what Kanye did. And again, yeah. like that's the tension. If the entirety of graduation the whole narrative of the album is based on this song by Common where he's criticizing that lifestyle and what it did to hip hop. Kanye, on the other hand, like sees it like that is the way to go. Like he's, he feels limited by Chicago. He feels like he can do more with hip hop and stretch its boundaries and, and speak to people and inspire people if he does head out into the world, if he becomes part of that community where like inherently LA just feels like it's a bunch of people who don't who have a different home like la is none of their homes they all move from somewhere else to go to la where the dream is and kanye feels this need to go there and like achieve the seeming impossible to do what to do this thing common says like has killed hip-hop like it it's just so interesting again like that's the tension throughout the album can kanye do it yeah right like what what does he manage and that's still you're saying the tension like we know where it goes but at this point yeah. there's the hope that he's going to be able to make it work and that things will win out and be happy for everybody <laughs> yeah but if you know the rest of the album and the next three or four albums you know it doesn't quite work out that way yeah and that's the the essential like common arc in the loss of innocence story right in those stories people always do things with like the most innocent results in mind or the most innocent view of what could happen in mine. You think back to Sandlot, and it's just like, well, we'll play with the baseball one time. <laughs> and then it gets hit over the fence, or like, stand by me, we just want to go look at a body that we found in the woods, and then things really go south. Uh, so it's one of those things, like, oh, I'm just going to go out and like become famous. and mm. Right. Mm. All right, uh, and then City of Blinding Lights is the last one. You know, there's not a direct reference in I Wonder. I mean, maybe you could say that when you get the My Name Would Help Light Up the Chicago Skyline, that that's kind of channeling the City of Blinding Lights energy. But we know that Kanye was writing 
especially this song directly with city of blinding lights in mind and it seems to be that there's just a relationship that bono had with the city i mean it talks about a relationship in the song the more you see the less you know the less you find out as you go i knew much more then than i do now neon heart day glow eyes a city lit by fireflies they're advertising in the skies for people like us there is that uh i knew much more then than i do now this sense of distance between mm. who you were and who you could be and who you are now. Uh, and I miss you when you're not around. I'm getting ready to leave the ground. Uh, don't look before you laugh. Look ugly and photograph. Flash bulbs, purple irises the camera can't see. I've seen you walk unafraid. I've seen you in clothes you made. Can you see the beauty inside of me? What happened to the beauty I had inside of me? Ooh. <laughs> and then the one line that really stands out to me too is time won't leave me as I am but time won't take the boy out of this man and just the fact that Kanye ends the album talking about being a kid in Chicago and the contrast between now that he's a man out of Chicago and even if he can't come back to the city can he really will he ever really lose what Chicago meant to him yeah that's interesting because that's that's been a common motif throughout U2's career as they've been, I mean, they've been around for over 40 years now. And back when, um, how did this man atomic bomb came out, which was the tour Kanye was jumping on. They were 30 years in their career and they were talking about these transitions they were feeling like going from innocence to experience. And their last two albums were called songs of experience and songs of experience or sorry, songs of innocence and songs of experience. Like it's this idea they've been playing around with. So you could see Kanye going on tour with them and like, and seeing that and hearing Bono talk about that while at the same time, like having this immense connection with the city that is not his own. Like you could see all of that influence in Kanye. You could see Kanye at the beginning of U2's journey. Like he's still at home. Like he hasn't moved beyond yet and he's just ready to do it. And I guess Bono inspired that in him. Yeah, there was something just about <laughs> how Bono was translating those emotions and uh, what this song specifically represented at the start of the tour, but how everybody responded to it and how Kanye, I'm sure, would have been thinking about his relationship to the city he most cares about um, as he heard this song the 14 times he opened for U2. <laughs> And there's a really interesting quote that they have of the Genius page for City of Blinding Lights where uh, Bono was looking at this old photograph of himself when he was young and he was ready to take off in this helicopter. And an interviewer asked him, like, what would you say to a younger version of yourself? And Bono said, I tell him he's absolutely right and to stop second guessing himself. And again, if that's not inspiration for Kanye, like, I don't know what is. <laughs> like, he is going to leave <laughs> Chicago because he thinks that's what's best. He thinks that's what God's telling him to do. And so here he goes. Yeah, that's one of those things where, like, in the previous episode, we were saying that you were talking about Daft Punk and uh, the influences and inspirations they mm -hmm. had and uh, influences and inspirations Kanye had. And maybe Kanye didn't seek out Daft Punk specifically. And maybe they didn't, like, because of those things, like, maybe he didn't know that about Daft Punk, but it's like there are these little resonances between the artists that cause whatever overlap in their work to really connect in that moment. 
and it may not be a direct inspiration, but there's a passive connection there. And it's just right. like that story about Bono. Kanye may not have heard that quote. He may not have known anything about that, but Bono's experience with that went into writing this song. Yes. And there's something about that that Kanye, whether he understood or not, heard. And then when he was writing his version of the song, captured in a similar way because it was an emotion he was feeling at the time. Hmm. It's almost like there's a bunch of meaning and depth to art. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Well, should we get into the lyrics? Oh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Come true, and I wonder if you know what it means, what it means, and I wonder if you know what it means, what it means, and I wonder if you know what it So we start with Labby's intro, uh, find your dreams come true, which I mean, placing right at the top, the idea of like the dreams coming true is powerful when the rest of the song is about like, I wonder, will this happen? Will this happen? So it's almost like you get a little taste of the dreams coming true as the opening line and then spend the rest of the time wondering, like, is this possible? Yeah, it's a, it's such an awesome start to the song. Like, this isn't something Kanye normally does, where the first 35 seconds are just another song. Like, it's it's mostly the same song. It has, like, the same piano, and you're hearing Labby, like, just say his lines. But I guess Kanye does splice in these little electronic flourishes, too. And, I mean, if anything, this kind of allows the the hollowness of the song, like, the, the space and the vacancy that surrounds just that lone piano. It allows it to be even, like, more pronounced like uh it creates this weight right off the bat this kind of Mm. sadness that builds for 35 seconds like this is the opening after stronger which is this like super upbeat crazy song and you get all of that before Kanye even comes in it's it's nuts maybe that's why i think about it as compared to streetlights because i feel like streetlights is that right (laughs) like the entirety of streetlights is that space for the nostalgia and the the like will i be able to get my dreams to come true will i be able to like reach my destination and it just kind of gives space to the music and the lyrics aren't very they're not not deep but they're not very diverse right right so it feels kind of enchanting and trance like and the same thing with the start you just kind of get the emotion of those lines repeating and the production and hmm and it's also interesting because like those first three songs are all Kanye really believing in himself and like ready to take on this new life. But then like you kind of wonder what are these opening lines about when you transition from stronger to this? Like is somebody speaking to Kanye about his dreams? Is it, I, I don't know. There, there's something very, uh, there's something like divine or celestial that it. it feels like a voice coming down from heaven or something. Yeah. And, I like the dichotomy between like Labby who's asking his partner just almost like, Hey, 
do you know what it means? Like you're my dream come true. And do you know what that means? Like to find your dreams come true. It's, it's almost like Labby isn't questioning, right? But asking like Labby's the teacher that knows the answer, even though they're the one asking the question. But from Kanye's perspective, like just asking the question, like doesn't know the answer. So there's much less of a, a certainty that we get from these lines. They feel a lot more mysterious and, uh, heavy because of that. And they only get heavier when like those Tupac drums come in and then just like it upends everything. And you're like, you just don't know what's going on. Ah, oh, the drums are so good. Love it. To find your dreams. I've been waiting all this my whole life, life. So then verse one, I've been waiting on this my whole life. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, kind of comes back to what I was saying in Stronger when he talks about uh, Apollonia in 1984 and then OJ Simpson in 1994 uh, saying, do you know how long I've been on you since 1984, since 1994 and all the way until right now. And even though in that song, it seems like he's talking to just any girl or this girl at a club you could look at it as him talking to fame, to glory, to this lifestyle. Right. And now here, I've been waiting on this my whole life. Like, seems specifically about success, right? <laughs> yeah. Like dreams coming true. And a really cool thing he does here is the And I Wonder from Labby comes in, which is mm -hmm. what Kanye does on Champion when uh, These Eyes repeats over and over from the Steely Dan song. Oh, yeah. So, and it's such an awesome technique he does where like, he doesn't let you forget what the sample was and he keeps making you think about it and what it means. And, and again, like here at the beginning of the song, like you're not quite sure what it means yet. And that, and that strange div divineness, like just repeats throughout. And, you know, is it Kanye wondering like a Phil Chiefs dreams? It's, I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting technique. Yeah. There's, it provides that little uh secondary current of questioning yeah um and then i've been waiting in this whole my whole life these dreams be waking me up at night yeah like dreams of my greatness dreams of my achievement wake me up at night and there's that little voice of like and i wonder like will i will i make it will this happen will i like post graduation be able to make this work because in most of our lives, it's after we graduate high school or after we graduate college that we can finally pursue what it is that we're looking to pursue. Mm. And for Kanye, he's now graduated from whatever, right? <laughs> Maybe not yeah. school, but into the industry. So, yeah, it's like that's a. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go 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 go. Well, I was just gonna. I, I just think it's an interesting twist on Labby's lyrics, like because Labby's been waiting on his whole life to find this person, to find someone to love. 
but Connie, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Like he's been waiting his whole life to move on from this person, to move on from Chicago <laughs> and pursue bigger things. Uh, and likewise, in Labby's son, like his dream is coming true by meeting the person. But I wonder Kanye's dream is to like move on. Like he has this need to move out and find the dream and like discover his dream. Yeah. It's not something that comes to you or it's not something you can pursue necessarily with a, a city. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, arguably he could have, and maybe that's a tragedy of it. Like if Kanye had stayed in Chicago, he's Kanye right. West. Could he have gotten people to come to Chicago? Could he have done things in Chicago? Mm. Yeah, um, but it just speaks to like who Kanye was. Like it just wasn't in his DNA to do it. Like he he just, I mean, to him, I think he, as we get to later in the song, like he felt like God was telling him to do this. He he felt like he had a mission to do it. Yeah, he's like too big for one city. I mean, yeah. we even see that with him now. Like he spent sixteen million dollars renovating the mansion in yeah. Los Angeles to make it like the perfect home for him and Kim. And then he just like goes off and buys a ranch in Wyoming <laughs> and like has places in Atlanta and everywhere else. And it just seems like the man can't settle into one location for very long. Worldwide domination. Yeah. Um, so these dreams be waking me up at nights. And then you say, I think I'm never wrong, which is where more of the relationship uh, contentiousness starts. And it sounds like something a friend would say to you or like a, if you're in a fight with somebody else, like, you think you're never wrong. And he's like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you're right. All right. Like, I do think that. And, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably a reference to. Maybe not a reference, but it recalls that line from Stronger. I know I got to be right now because I can't get much wronger. Like there's such ego to saying something like that. Yeah, which there's some irony there, too, because there he's admitting that he is doing wrong or is wrong. And here this person saying, you think you're never wrong. He's like, did you not hear me <laughs> on the last track? But there is something uh, just ironic, too, in the idea of admitting that you think you're never wrong as a way of like, yeah, in the middle of the fight, I it's like you're giving the person a win while also like staying on top of the yeah. of the fight and argument. Yeah. And and I think one last thing uh, before we move on from the first verse is like the the how the production changes in this part. It goes from just the the labby song to basically like a, a synthesizer or something like obviously don't understand music <laughs> and like what instruments are being used, but like this electronic sound comes in and takes over for the piano. And then throughout the song, we're getting ready to see it here in the chorus, like the 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 piano will swap in and out with those electronic sounds and the drums, like they fall in and out, which again, I think just speaks to the tension Kanye's feeling and the need to like be this person or that person, you know, be true to your city, like to the woman that you're with or like moving on from her. Yeah, in pursuit of your dreams, right? Yeah. It also makes me think in some ways of 30 hours and the fact that he was trying to make this relationship work in Chicago when he was living in Los Angeles and he kept driving like 30 <laughs> hours back to her, meeting her in St. Louis and uh, how it eventually failed. And maybe he's channeling like a little bit of that in this experience, but yeah. it's, 
um, a distance distance can be difficult. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so then we get Labby coming back in again after we have the the setup of the dreams waking him up at night and then the tension in this relationship. And I wonder if you know what it means, what it means. I wonder if you know what it means to find your dreams. And to focus on what it means to find your dreams has this idea of like searching, right? You have to go find your dreams. You have to discover them. You have to achieve them. And it's something that Kanye can see when he's sleeping. The dreams wake him up. He's been waiting on this. And it just kind of sets in motion this idea that he has to go pursue. He has to go discover. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely like an immediacy to it that, again, like creates detention. Like Kanye's been in Chicago his whole life. But like in this moment, he's like, I, I can't keep sticking around. Like if I'm going to do this, I have to go. I gotta find him. I gotta make this happen. I'm feeling the itch. I'm feeling the urge. <laughs> I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. To find your dreams. You say he get on your fucking nerves. Nerves. You hope that he get what he deserves. Word. Remember what the issue is? You just try to find where the tissue is. You can still be who you wish you is. It ain't happened yet, and that's what intuition is. Will you have back in the car, drive back to the crib, run back to the arms? The smoke screens, the chokes and the screams. You ever wonder what it all really means? Verse two, it kind of drops off, right? Where in verse one, it was like you say i think i'm never wrong and it's kanye having a conversation with somebody else but in verse two he steps back and it's like you say he get on your fucking nerves <laughs> so it's no longer the first person but it could be uh kanye referring to himself in this third person yeah or just generalized pronoun um but just essentially he's capturing uh, a relationship that continues to be in turmoil is the key thing, whether it's one that he's in or just saying that this goes beyond like me. It's something that many people struggle with. Yeah. And if you stretch it beyond just a woman and think about, I guess, Chicago as a whole, or, or at least like the community he's in, it's an interesting way to frame the relationship. Like it's almost like Kanye is calling this girl out because of what he, she or like what this community has been saying about him. Like he's commenting on a, a something bigger. He's reacting to Chicago and setting up why he needs to move away. Yeah. Cause they're talking some shit. Like, yeah. And it's because Kanye is Kanye, you know, it says George Bush, George Bush doesn't talk about black care about black people. Like he, 
he's somebody who just like speaks his mind and, and gets a lot of shit for it. Yeah. And maybe there are some things from homecoming that when we get to that, we'll point back to as like reasons why he might've been getting on nerves, uh, that he points out specifically in the album. But, uh, you hope that he get what he deserves, which is kind of funny because we're talking about a song about like dreams coming true. Right. So, you know, I hope you get what you deserve can be a good thing in terms of like, I hope you get the success that you're hoping for, but when you're fighting in a relationship, I hope you get what he deserves can come off as very like you get your comeuppance, you get your karma for being like annoying and frustrating or selfish and I like how he says word <laughs> almost like everybody is like agreeing with him. Like, yeah, word. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Just hopefully he gets what he deserves word. Yeah. Uh, but then he asks, do you even remember what the issue is? Like, so he's getting on your nerves. You're hoping like he gets his comeuppance like word, word, word. But do you remember what the issue is? Like what's been going on between you two? And you just trying to find where the tissue is. I get torn between that as being something that's a little dismissive. Like maybe the issues aren't as big as you think they are, um, but you're upset all the same. Maybe you're over-dramatizing how upset you are. Uh, So you're just trying to find the tissue to cover up the fact that you don't remember what the issue is. But you could also read it as there's so many issues that you just feel overwhelmed (laughs) and are going for the the tissues because you're crying. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's the first one. Like it's Kanye copping an attitude because because in these moments, Kanye speeds up a little bit. Like this completely diverges from the tone of the Labby Sifri song and, and the pace Kanye had been rapping at up to this point. And now suddenly he's embracing this Tupac attitude and going hard at this person slash community who's been talking shit about him. Uh, if it's even him, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> it just, it, it starts to get him choosing to say he rather than like me and keep it the way that he did in the right. first verse does create up uh, create a a multitude of interpretations but the bigger takeaway is just the fact that there's tension in a relationship mm-hmm. whether it's one that Kanye is in or one that Kanye is observing and in the midst of this tension and him asking these questions he tells the person you can still be who you wish you is and ain't happened yet. And that's what intuition is. So (laughs) even if he is chastising them or trying to be supportive, I feel like that line comes off as supportive. Like you're in this relationship and it's taking a lot out of you, but you know, you can still like pursue your dreams. You can still make things happen. It hasn't happened yet, but you know, it can, you have that feeling and that's what intuition is. It's just yeah. you have the sense of it. So go. Yeah, that's that's really the the bitter sweetness of the song. Again, the tension of the album. Because, I mean, we know from the first two albums, Kanye is very much connected with, to the community. Like the reason he makes music, the reason he speaks the way he speaks and preaches the message he preaches is to inspire people to do more of their lives. And y- you get that sense here. Like he very much wants this person, this city, to, to do more to 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 follow their dreams to to be bigger and and you yeah you're totally right you can read a lot of what he's saying as inspirational as pushing them to be better yeah like you don't have to just settle for being in this relationship like yeah go do other things i'm bad for you 
yeah i'm bad for you you're bad for me everybody's bad for everybody until they're not so <laughs> go yeah and how you interpret this last line uh, the flow of it is uh when you hop back in the car when you drive back to the crib when you run back to their arms the smoke screens the chokes and the screams you ever wonder what it really means so Kanye's giving that list of things that happen and essentially asking you ever wonder what any of this all of this means so like why do you hop back in the car why do you drive back to the crib why do you run back to their arms why do you put up with the smoke screens the chokes and the screams like what's the point of this relationship um and staying in it when you have dreams and mm -hmm. this is kind of holding you back and I'm sure that there's other ways that people can interpret the specific relationship, right? Like somebody on Genius tried to say that this is like the person hopping back in the car and going home from pursuing their dreams, where you could view it as the person in the relationship going back after leaving. Like we mm -hmm. fought, but you know what? I'm going to go back. And why do I keep going back to this relationship? But really what it comes down to is just the fact of being in the relationship at all. <laughs> right. And why do you put yourself through uh, this kind of stress? Like the smoke screens, the chokes and the screams when there's other things that you want to be doing and like a you that you want to be pursuing that you're not. Yeah. And it's curious that he frames it all with like, that's what intuition is. We had a discussion about this before because like, that's, that's a strange way to lead into that whole rant he goes on, right? Like, yeah. I'm, what exactly that means? Like, all of that is intuition? Like, what exactly is he saying there? And that's one of the the readings, right? Because you can see it broken. Like, it ain't happened yet, and that's what intuition is. And then cut. And now we go to just a, a second thought of when you hop sure. back in the car, you ever wonder what it all really means. But how he says it and the strangeness of the lines... When he says, and that's what intuition is, when you hop back in the car, right. it can also read as, when you hop back in the car, that's what intuition is. Yeah. And so that can also affect how people start to interpret this moment or this line. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I, because I spent a lot of time thinking about like what follows that intuition line and like what exactly he's saying. And I guess to, in my mind, the way I started the frame, it was he he's commenting on this woman who intuitively runs home whenever things get hard or whenever like she and Kanye have a fight. And in this moment, you could picture Kanye putting himself in the position of this woman and why he feels the need to break free from home. Like he is somebody who hasn't found who he wishes to be yet. You know, he hasn't found his dreams. So the intuition would be the following lines like when you're having trouble discovering your dreams and it seems too hard, the intuition, the easy thing to do is to run back home where you feel safe and protected. The intuition is to regress and like follow the rules as opposed to breaking free and doing the unexpected. And that's why this other person feels empowered to comment on someone like Kanye who doesn't follow the rules. Like that's kind of the foundation of the, the tension in their relationship. And that reading would come more from feeling when you hop back in the car being connected to that's what intuition is. Yeah. Where to me, I see more of the, the hard break between those two. But I think we both come back to the same idea that it's just 
should you be in this relationship? Yeah, right. <laughs> Would you have like the dreams that you want to pursue and you're not who you wish you could be? It's essentially like the relationship is the thing holding you back. Right, yeah. Um, which is such a, a stark difference from Labby, right? Yeah. Like, and I wonder if you know what it means to find your dreams come true, where Connie flips that to you. You ever wonder what it all really means? Like, why be in a relationship at all? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. It's interesting because that really does set up, it, and, we, and it is pronounced even more in the third verse, but like, Kanye is really setting himself as like a loner. Like, he doesn't want to be held down. He's scared of commitment. He wants to venture out and like try new things, which yep. in turn leans leads to the profound loneliness he feels for many years of his life. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the Labby Tupac dichotomy in the first and second verse, it's relationship based. Right. And you get more of the lyrical references to Labby and Labby's song with Kanye almost like throwing away <laughs> hmm. that Labby song not in like a, a mean way of like Labby, you were wrong. Yeah. But just like I'm not in this place, so our song is wrong. And then he adopts more of Tupac's attitude in that third verse, even saying like, "And I'm back on my grind." When Tupac opens his song with "Stand your grind," my ambitions as a writer, and this whole third verse is about Kanye's ambition. Yeah, it's it's the great divide between like artist and like the character on the album like Kanye the artist understands everything he will be sacrificing by breaking up from Chicago and moving on he knows he's sacrificing the kind of relationship Labby has on my song and he's embracing this Tupac part of himself but the character on the album obviously does not realize that like they're ready to move on that they think it's like good to sever this relationship and it'll be good for Chicago or this woman when I do this like it'll be good for both of us uh, but really, he's going to be losing something that, you know, is really important to him and could have meant a lot to him. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's an argument to say that the reason why he frames that first verse in like the you and he and not the you and I or you and me is because he's observing other relationships and thinking, well, like those fall apart. <laughs> I'm going to go do what I need to do. So like me and Chicago can stay good. Like there might be an argument for it that way as well, that he feels that this is in the best interest of everyone before things go south as a way of keeping the relationship, prolonging the relationship. That was something from what you were saying that just kind of jumped out to me. But yeah, that's I, a that's a good reading. Regardless of how specifically you read that second verse and your takeaways, as we were saying, it mostly comes down to just the fact Kanye's justifying uh, leaving Chicago. Right. And ready to live that good life. And I'm back on my grind. A psychic in my lifeline. Told me in my lifetime. My name will help light up the Chicago skyline. And that's why I'm 7 o'clock. That's prime time. Having a watch guy calling from the hotlines. Why he keep giving me hotlines? I'm a star. How could I not shine? How many ladies in the house? So we get the third verse, and I'm back on my grind. A psychic read my lifeline, told me in my lifetime my name would light up the Chicago skyline. Classic. Yeah, such a good, wow. Mythologizing this desire to rise up in the world. It's so Kanye. 
Yeah, that it's like a psychic predicting the future and like just the idea that his name's lighting up the Chicago skyline and, you know, city of blinding lights. He's going to help make Chicago like blinding, right? In the way of mm. London, in the way of New York. Uh, and that's why I'm, and we get, and I wonder, just coming back in <laughs> a little bit. It almost, it feels really purposeful when and where he allows those lines to come in because he, he uses different parts of my song throughout. He doesn't just repeat, I wonder the whole time. Mm. Yeah. If you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so we get that little bit of a pause and that's why I'm seven o'clock. That's prime time. So I think it's, that's just a punchline that's broken up for the the flow. So he's saying that's why I'm seven o'clock, you know, and seven o'clock in the central time zone is prime time in the Eastern time zone. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, that's prime time. Seven o'clock is prime time where I'm from. Dinner time uh, in LA though. <laughs> right. Good old, f- five o'clock in LA. Um, so a little bit of identification with the area, the city, like setting off that area versus East coast and West coast. Um, and then heaven will watch God calling from the hotlines. So like even heaven's watching me when I perform and God's calling from the hotlines, which, uh, genius notes that a lot of psychics had hotlines which that could be a callback to that. You could mm-hmm. also maybe think back to Kanye being part of the Katrina campaign when he called out George Bush. That was for a, a hotline, kind of like call in and donate sort of mm-hmm. thing. Hmm. It's, uh, but, but, and then, yeah, God called from the hotlines. Like, it, it's just, it's another moment where Kanye's propping himself to like deity level. <laughs> like, he's receiving instructions and inspirations directly from God which is Kanye's way of saying like he knows he's on the right path despite what anyone says including anybody in Chicago like what anybody is saying about him like it just shows how focused and relentless he is about his mission and he's not just trying to become a celebrity because he wants to be rich and powerful like this is a mission he has received from God like this is what Chicago needs from him and he talked about that all the way back on well like not uh never let me down in mm. terms of like surviving the car crash, right? Like right. I'm here for a reason. Like God kept me alive and that must be because I'm going to do great things and be successful. Um, and then what, if you have a hotline for someone, it's usually just like a direct number. Like I could have a hotline for Travis because we talk so much. <laughs> um, and you do. Yeah. But why he keep giving me hotlines is such a good, like God calling from the hotlines, why he keep giving me hotlines. Yeah, like this is divine. I was going to say that's such a great, like, again, it it mixes like everything I was saying, like you could, you could read a certain humbleness to that. Like he feels like God has given him this mission to like help Chicago. But again, there's like, there's so much ego there. Like God keeps giving me hotlines. Like suddenly it's, it's very conceited. And we can think back to Stronger where, you know, he's saying like he's the Christian and Christian Dior um, because right now that has forsaken us. Yeah, the new gospel. Like you can feel the Jesus and Kanye starting to build up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he goes full Jesus uh, after this too. Yeah. 
uh, I'm a star. How could I not shine? Which, you know, talk about stars being in the heavens. So maybe a little uh, connection there, but just the idea that stars shine and fame. So that really directly ties it to fame and success, right? Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm a star. How could I not shine? And just get, and I wonder, like, <laughs> are you? It feels like a little, <laughs> but also comes back to the idea. Like you could view it as like pointed, like a little like, mm -hmm, or a little in terms of just like, yeah, it's these are his dreams. Like I'm a star, and and I wonder, like this is the dream this is the pursuits yeah and it's, then it's cool how like before that the the i wonder you hear from labby like it it was pretty sparsely used i would say but here in the section where connie's ego is really ramping up and he's not talking about chicago anymore he's like focusing on like the ladies in the house and basically everything outside of chicago like the labby snippets come in more and more and it's almost like kanye reminding you that like he's leaving this part of it behind yeah yeah right because after this it's like every line yeah if you know what it means what it means and i wonder if you know what it means yeah how many ladies in the house how many ladies in the house without a spouse something in your blouse got me feeling so what you about on an independent sheet trade it all for a husband and some kids you ever wonder what it all really means and that's when i'm a star how could i not shine we transition to how many ladies in the house which again is another song on this album that kanye starts addressing a crowd right, right. or it feels more interactive him speaking to the group but him saying how many ladies in the house how many ladies in the house without a spouse hmm <laughs> so it's almost like the first question you could imagine him setting up like how many ladies in the house that are ready to like go pursue their dreams like in the second verse but then when he asks like without a spouse it becomes uh, a bit more concerning in terms of is he gonna make this sexual and then the third line something in your blouse got me feeling so aroused yep he goes it's there sexual it's sexual <laughs> he 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 ruined the moments um and i think that's like the devolvement he has on this album right going from aspirational to indulgence and sexual is really the journey of the college dropout and late registration versus graduation <laughs> yeah and and it sets up fame as like this woman that you lust after like it's it's the state you can attain if you change the way you speak and talk and present yourself yeah and like when you think about being famous when you think about fame there's something about just like sex and arousal and indulgence that will come back um many songs in this middle part of the album um kind of, none of it's good with flashing lights yeah no no it's not <laughs> Uh, and him asking what you about just classic, like a lame pickup attempt. And he says on that independent shit, you know, like you're a strong independent woman, but then trade it all for a husband and some kids, which is so cutting. I like, I, mm, it's mixed, right? Because for some people that is the dream. 
Mm-hmm. They are looking to have a family and that's all that's kind of like on their mind for that next level. And work just kind of goes to support that. But they want to have a family. They want to pursue that. But then I think he's saying like when you're on that independent shit, you're claiming that you have these like dreams that you're independent. But I know you'll trade all of those things for a husband and some kids, which kind of comes back to that second verse. Right. And staying in a relationship or um, settling more than continuing to pursue your dreams. Yeah. It, and again, it's interesting how the the Labby song, the way it cuts in on these parts, like you hear, and I wonder if you know what it means. You hear those lines while Kanye's ego is bloated and he's talking about being aroused and shit. And then when he transitions to this woman and starts like kind of, it seems like he's mocking the idea of doing this and like not moving on from home and trying to be something more. You get those exact same lines from Labby coming in and they carry a completely different meaning. Like the first time, like, do you know what it means to like be this kind of guy to like go out and have such an ego? And then when Kanye is then in turn mocking, you know, settling down and starting a family once again, like, do you know what it, it means to like, like, this is a good thing. Like you, you can, you can do a lot as well by like raising a family and like it putting out good vibes into the world. Like it, it just, I think fully captures how narrow minded and focused Kanye is. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the twist, right? Is that, and I wonder if you know what it means feels one dimensional in favor of Kanye's pursuit of his dreams yeah. for so much of the song. But then when you hear it here at the end, when he's essentially mocking the idea or diminishing the idea of marriage and kids, it's almost like Labby's now chastising Kanye. Like, and I wonder, do, do you, do you know what this means? Like, you're missing some of the point, man. Yeah. You wish you could have a relationship like the one I had of Peter. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that Kanye may not realize on graduation, but when we get into 808s, it's yeah. something that he, yeah, becomes fully aware of. And man, <laughs> it hits full force. And he ends the song with, you ever really, you ever wonder what it all really mean, which following the husband and kids line comes back to just the idea of the relationship, right? And Kanye questioning what is the points or value in these relationships. And you wonder if you'll ever find your dreams, which if you take it in the labby way, will he ever find a relationship that makes him want to settle down? Will he ever like have a family? Will he get to have the fame and success that he craves? It becomes a lot more multidimensional and complicated, I think, in just the way that he seems to, in his own mind, think that you have to pick one or the other. It's mm. which the earliest version of which one. Yeah. It, and I think that's even more pronounced by the fact that the the final line we hear is from Labby to find your dreams come true, which that come true part you keep. He says, find your dreams many times throughout the song, but the come true part is the first time we hear that line since the beginning of the song. And yep. it's almost like Connie's like bookending the entire song with that thought. Like, what does it mean for your dreams? Like, it's one thing to have dreams, but for them to come true, like, what does that mean? Like, is this really the right path for me to make my dreams come true? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. And it puts 
I really the emphasis on living larger, the dreams, like the capturing of something, which is why I think the glory is such a underlooked song on this album and just in Kanye's discography overall, because I feel like so much of what I wonder is setting up is setting up the glory and paid off in with Kanye's achievement on the glory. And he's like, I got the success. Like, this is what I've been striving for. This is what I've been hoping to achieve. I have gotten my dream. And that's the peak of his pursuit that's set up here. And we kind of like meander towards over the next dozen songs or half dozen songs. And then to have the fallout then from the glory on Homecoming and Big Brother, it's so well done, so poignant. I love it so much. It's awesome. Yeah, he really yeah. just steps up his album narrative game here. You ever wonder what it all really means? You wonder if you ever find your dreams? I guess you do kind of have uh, an extended outro, uh, which again is weird. Like, like in retrospect, like a minute and a half of the song doesn't even have Kanye. <laughs> There's just like so much production. But I do think it's cool that in this part, the after Kanye, you know, ego, his ego blows through the roof. He's mocked the idea of having kids and is ready to find his dreams. Like the drums really just take over. Like there's no more piano. There's no more labby. And it, it almost feels like a a sonic way of pointing to Kanye in the narrative, like ready to move on from Chicago. He's, he's made his choice. Yeah. Which it's funny, which some of the connections that we see in other parts of the album, we're never often saying like 99% of the time saying that Kanye purposefully made this connection. But you think about how late registration ends with, penultimately ends with celebration right mm -hmm. and Kanye celebrating and thinking about what it means to have a son one day and what he would say to the son and like they have a toast to his kid that he, he like could one day have so that album ended with Kanye kind of embracing this idea of responsibility towards the industry towards his lifestyle towards being a a parent it wasn't something that he was necessarily shirking or shying away from. Right. But then here, it's absolutely something that he dismisses. And uh, you can just see a lot of the pivots for Kanye occur. Which is interesting because you could think of celebration, like him thinking about the future and like having a kid and raising a kid. It really um, juxtaposes heard him say where he's thinking about kids who were like looking out into the world and, and thinking what they need to be successful and break free from their situation um on celebration you could think of him like you could think of kanye 
thinking about having a kid as like him imagining that, like him finally connecting with those kids and like finding the right message for them. But it's funny that attitude doesn't translate to on graduation, like actually having kids. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's this weird disconnect where he, like he's not ready for that step. Um, and and again, that continues for several albums. So he has to really build to being ready to be a father on the life of Pablo. Yeah, man, the Kanye discography narrative is the greatest story ever told in music. Tell you what, man. Yep. And forever will stand by that. It's just the fact that his whole discography can be listened to as a continuous story of a single character growing up. Man, what will the next album have? I know. Kanye, come on. Give us Donda. <laughs> or whatever it's going to be called whatever now. Else. Man. It's uh, also just noteworthy before we close up shop here for today. Uh, today is the six year anniversary no five year anniversary of the yeezy season three and debut of the oh. life of pablo oh shit that's awesome yeah so happy five years to the first time any of us heard ultralight beam and famous <laughs> Ooh, that was a good day it was it very much was so anything else for uh this episode travis no i'm excited to talk about good life which is a song i think we both kind of ragged on the first time we we did this episode absolutely which uh shame on us you know (laughs) given how much emphasis we put on chicago in this episode and kanye's relationship with chicago i hope uh dear listener you can think back to the lyrics of good life and be like oh man okay (laughs) and uh, make that connection and think about what we're going to talk about on next episode yeah and don't banish me from Chicago I I know I moved to the suburbs but I'd like to come back eventually (laughs) we'll see the jury's still out on that one yeah I'll I'll have a chat with the people see if they'll (laughs) let you back in Uh, well until you have that chat Chris I need you to stay wavy Well, you know, I'm going to keep it loopy. Always going to keep it loopy. All right. See ya. And I am. And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me. I tell them. Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.